Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Week six, HFFL pod. Another week, another win for your boy. Uh, another lock and upset of the week hit on Corey Vegas. That puts me five units up on Corey, or at least five free weeks to guess wrong before I break even. Got to give Ryan a big shout out. Um, the boy knows how to pick uh, pool, fantasy pool pickums. Uh, second perfect week. He is on fire, tied with Jeff. Um, but enough about that this week. My nemesis, the man I beat last week, not so handily. Uh, Mike, the HFL insider. How you doing, bud? I'm good. How are you, brother? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. A little yeah. under the weather. Little, not so much energy there ah. in the intro, but, uh, you know, <clears throat> I um. I don't know, man. I wasn't feeling good on Sunday, and then I'm like, ah, I'm not sick. I'm all right. And then before I knew it, here I am today, not feeling great. But we're going to power through. <clears throat> we're going to power through. Hey, that's what we got to do, and if nothing else, just look at it this way. I'm the only perfect owner left in the league this year. The perfect what? I'm the only perfect owner left in the league this you year. You are. You're perfectly awful at 0-5. Yep, 100%. Uh, I got my first one of the week. It was nice to get it against you. Um, I'd, I'd be interested to see what my career series is against you. I bet it's a winning record, and I'm very proud of that. No way. It's got to be. Hold on. Let me. You know what? It's, no in, it's in here. It's in here. Hold on. Let me look. It's under um, – oh, what is it again? Is it league reports? And then you go to history, series records, Bijan, Dijon. Wow. I'm glad you know all this stuff because I would have no clue. Yeah, I mean, you just got to get around. You know, I spend way too much time on here. I guarantee you if anybody logs on and, like, looks at the last time somebody was on, I'm less than an hour, typically. Um, but my my record against you, Lifetime, on, on HFFL is... Uh, Hold on, not, how many years have you been in the league? I have no idea. A decade, well, 12 you, years, something like that. record, right? Well, at least for since MFL, right? Since yeah, MFL, we since we've since we yeah, okay. there's no yeah, there's no way we'd know the other way. But since we've been on uh on M MFL, I'm four and three, so five a five seventy one okay. winning percentage. I broke the tie last week. All right, there so you go. There Nothing you go. wrong with that. Yeah, I want and, and honestly, Mike, honestly, other, nine or ten. other than you, Corey, and Walt, and Julian, and Rico's team, probably before Rico. Well, I actually do have quite a few winning records. Interesting. But here, hey, here's one. Uh, uh, I'm one and four against Ryan, <laughs> believe it or not. So, uh, and that's that's my worst but record. Have you played Ryan yet this year? I have. I have, and I've lost. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, uh, so he would have to make sure to pick himself. So, yeah. And 20, for whatever reason, 2022 doesn't have data in here. Um, I don't know. It has an asterisk at the bottom. I wonder if that's because it's an asterisk season. Is that is that put like a damper on the championship? I don't know. I'm not going to go there. We're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. Very but... clear. It was an asterisk. <laughs> season, so it is what it is. Even uh, if they know, and we didn't even tell them, then it has to be. Yeah, I, MFL put an asterisk on 2022. There's no there's no record there. But um, anyway, uh, standards yeah, got to give the trophy back. Yeah, got to give it back, or at least change change it and put an asterisk on it. Uh, yep. uh, standings so far, uh, we got three teams at four and one. Jimmy, Walt, and Ryan. We have four teams at three and two. Kellen, Corey, Jeff, and Corey Hagerman. 
we have a plethora of teams. Basically, the rest of the teams, other than me and you, Mike, are two and three. Julian, Orico, Brendan, Dave, and Scott is the lowest scoring two and three team in the league. And uh, I mean, when you score like one hundred two in a week, that that makes sense. Yeah, Mike, you're 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 zero and five, and you average more points for than Scott, which so it's interesting to see. That being I said, I did notice one thing. You want yeah. to know some nerd stats real quick? Yeah, let's go. I'm always so, up for nerd cool. stats. Our our pillow fight last week. Your team, with how much you scored, dropped my average points against by over 16 points for the season. It dropped it? I was getting, yeah, I was getting like 216.2 scored against me, like going into last week, and now it's 200 even. Well, that's impressive. <laughs> I'm glad I could help you that's out there, bud. That's super impressive. Yeah, so it's gonna, yeah, I'm just no, going to no skew problem. the stats a bit. And then you lost. You stopped, get, you stopped getting scored against, lost. and you lost. Man, yep, 100%. I wish I would have got your first pick. All right. So we're going to shake it up a little bit tonight with the agenda. Uh, we're still going to talk about right, the we action. Are. We're going to hear about Mike's hot take. We're going to get into a real quick week five recap. We're going to do three yards in a cloud. Uh, Mike has a couple of uh, fun little games we can play to follow that. We're going to um, get into league announcements. We'll talk about week six recaps, and then we're going to end it. Instead of final final thoughts, Mike's come up with a couple of who you gots, right? So here's the situation. Here's your choice. We're going to pick a person, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit, and then we're going to end the pod. So let's start with action. No trades again. Lots of trade talk, but no trade execution. Um, I think we're, we're getting – everybody's getting that itch. Everybody feels like they want to try to be that first one to go get that big piece. So uh, I have a feeling next week – is going to be the trade and, and we're going to have an opportunity to talk about something. But that being said, what was your favorite free agent ad this week? Um, I didn't think there were too many bad ones, but the guy that I've kind of followed for a while signed a, a pretty decent contract in the offseason with a new team. Those just Scott, it was Zach Allen for three bucks. Um, I, don't tell me I just stole yours. I saw you. No, no, every yeah. single, every single time. I think I've, I've, we're just, we're just, uh, there's either, maybe there's only one, a uh, good one each week, but I feel like every single week we end up talking about the same ad because I had J Zach Allen as well. So here's the worst part of it is I almost talked myself out of Zach Allen thinking that you would choose Zach Allen. <laughs> and I was like, what are the chances? It's like one in what, eight or nine? Because that's how many guys we had picked up. And well, here we are. And here we are. So, yep. And we're the two best friends that anyone could have. <laughs> By the way, you probably can't hear this, but I am opening a beer. Oh, look out. Mike's opening a beer. What do you got, and and how old is it? Um, it's within bought within like the last uh, seventeen days. Oh, they're, they're and I know months. you don't like it, but it's Jacko Sam Adams. Oh, it's the Jack stuff, uh, the pumpkiny stuff, right? Yeah, you don't like it, but I think it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I know you like the sweet well, stuff. You've probably never tried it, if we're honest. Oh no, tried I've it. tried it. I've tried it. Um, I think I grabbed one by mistake and thought it was like a, a summer ale, probably or something like that. But uh, no, I have Zach Allen too. Um, he's making a lot of tackles and you know two points a tackle uh, for a D line that, that can get some some pretty high scores. I mean, his high is a twenty, his low is six. Um, but for a D tackle, it's that's decent. And um, and I think he got him for three bucks, so not bad. But what I want to talk about is the the Hunter Renfro drop. Tell me what was going through your head there, dropping Hunter Renfro. You're just giving up on him now, huh? I have to talk about it. Yes. Okay, I will. Um, 
I don't know, man. Like, even last year, I know he had a concussion. He was hurt a little bit, but he was decent when he was on the field. Now he's playing, like, 25% of the snaps out there, which to me is puzzling because his head coach is the guy who's made his offensive living with a shifty, small, white guy that can get somewhere between four and ten yards down the field, make a catch, and either get down or maybe make something after that, which is exactly what Hunter Renfro is. And he, if he can't see the field there, and I know they've been talking about trading them, you know, he's, he signed a slightly bigger contract, I believe, before last year. But I don't know. I just I think he's still talented, but he, apparently he doesn't fit with that coaching staff. Yeah. I personally don't like Hunter Renfro. I have a lot of personal gr- grief with him from his Clemson days. Um, I mean, you can't take Trevor then either, though. You got to trade Trevor. Well, you know, it is what it is. Um, uh-huh. But, uh, well, I mean, he was there for 17 years, right? Trevor's only there for three. So, you know. Double standards. Um, yeah. Hunter so, Renfro with a walk Yeah, you know, good for him. Even worse, beating these five-star Bama guys with a walk He beat ev- They beat everybody. Five star everybody with a walk on, um, but no, I mean two thousand one. He gets a, a thousand yards and nine touchdowns. Last year he struggled to stay on the field, but he still averaged almost ten points per week in fantasy when he did play. Uh, and then yeah, this year it's just it's amazing. I mean Jacoby Myers, who we know is talented and just needed a, a situation to to show it. You know he almost died in New England. Luckily he got out. Um, but uh, yeah, it's shocking to see a guy who who seems I think. Last year, every time they were on primetime, all they did was talk about how good his route running was and how he could always get open. And either he's not getting open uh, or he's not getting chances or they're not looking his way. So very interesting to see, but you've given up on him. We'll see if some some poor team that needs some wide receiver depth takes a chance, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean it's they, kind of they should have. Like, if there's anyone good in this league, there's no reason to have under on your team right now. Um, yeah. You know, best case, what, what's going to happen is I'm going to rattle off like seven in a row. Renfro's going to get traded. I'm going to pick him back up. I'm going to coach him again. And we're going to make that run to the ship. Okay. 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 After I trade all my assets, too. I see. Like Ryan did last year. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. I want to move on and hear your hot take. And see, right. how, see how hot and spicy you can get it. If you're going to allow it, I would like to have two hot takes tonight. Hey, the floor is yours, my man. But the first one, and, and this, this guy that I'm going to be talking about, his uh, his owner in our league, is not going to be happy tonight. All right, I but like it. I, I like the way this is starting. I believe that's a hot start by our boy Puke Nukem. That's what I've been calling him, like Duke Nukem, but Puka Nakua, it's Puke Nukem. <laughs> you know, you know what? I mean? Just real quick, just real quick, Puka Nakua. Um, do you remember the the old um, SNL skit with uh, Chris Farley when he's on a Japanese game show and he goes quacky? I mean, kind sp- of. I was never a big SNL guy, but yeah, he's like hanging by the chains, and they ask him to say something. He's like, "I'm sorry, I don't, I I don't speak Japanese." And he's like, he's like quacky, serpy, Niku. And they're like, yeah, that's right. Right. And he's like, okay, I guess I'm right. So every time I hear Puka Nakua or I read the name, I think of quacky, serpy, Niku. So that's, that's what I call him. But anyways, I go ahead. It. I love it. But I think his hot start proves in that offense, that system with such 
a great design and play caller like Sean would say, it proves that Cooper Cup is a pure volume guy. That mm. he's not special. Because he legitimately put up the same numbers as Cooper Cup because he took over that spot and got all those looks that are the ones designed to come open and that offense to begin with. I'm not saying Cooper Cup is a dog shit receiver. I'm just saying in that system, it completely maximizes his skill level and his talent to get him open. But what about? And I think if he went elsewhere, he would not be as dominant. What about the fact that he came back last week and both both him and Puka both both ate last week? Well, here's the thing. Yeah, they both had good games, but if you look at their stats and their targets and you combine them, it's what Puka was getting per game throughout this year or what Cooper Cup would have normally gotten per game last year. I don't know about that because I mean, the year before. The year, so the week before Cup was back, Puka had 10 targets, 9 catches, 163 yards and a touchdown. This week he had 11 targets, more target, one more target, and seven catches for 71 in a touch. And what did he have week one? Like 18 targets? And well, I mean, week touchdowns? one, there, yeah, there were some definite big, big games. But if you just look at the, the most recent samples that you get, especially when Cup just came back last week, Cup got 12 targets, eight catches, 118 yards. So it's not like they split the targets. So when Cooper Cup was getting like 17 targets and having 12 receptions for 180 yards and he was like rolling, rolling, like now you have a viable receiver because everybody's learned Van Jefferson ain't it. Well, Van Cooper Jefferson Apple couldn't eat it. there. Was it Ben Suarez? Ben Swaronsky ain't yeah. it. Right, right. Yeah. But so you think if, if Cup, you think you think that the Rams are doing something different than anybody else is to – make the receivers successful? I think their offense is designed for an X receiver to get open as much as possible by motions and confusions and different things like that. That, you know, you run to play games with defenses and Cooper Cup has been the beneficiary of it. When he gets pressed man against good corner, if he makes a catch, it's usually a very good catch, but it's not because it's open. So this feels like a hot take that can't be proven wrong, though, to me. Like, what what would you need to see to say, you know what, I was wrong? Or what would you need to see to say, you know what, I was right going forward in the season? We'll probably never find out. We'll probably end up being Cooper Cup goes somewhere else and does what he does. Well, I mean, would you want right, to like, – would, would you have to see, like, like, Cup come in and Puka's numbers go down uh, to say, you know what, see, I told you so. That, like, you know, Puka might be good, but he's not in the role that this offense is designed for. But if both guys are getting open and getting the ball to them and and they're both having good seasons, would you then say, well, maybe it's a little bit maybe maybe you'd back off that take? Yeah, I mean, maybe so. I think between those two with Cup and uh Puka, that they're very similar profiles. Sure. You know I mean they're in terms of the player, you know, same basically the same size, same speed, all that kind of stuff. So they fit best is that kind of like big possession-y type guy in that offense. Kind of like back in the day how T.J. Hushmanzada was. Now mm-hmm. was T.J. Hushmanzada going to be good if Chad Johnson wasn't there? We like He probably would have been good, but would he have been as good? I don't think so. So I think they're going to end up helping each other, but now since there's a viable threat to go along with Cooper Cup, who knows what numbers are going to look and they could still be boom because if that team's going to compete, they probably still need to throw the ball. 
Yeah. I mean, not, Stafford's no. not done. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, I, I've heard a lot of people say Stafford's washed. I don't, I don't buy that yet. Um, you know, I, I think the Rams are overachieving in my opinion this year. I agree um, with that. Considering the that. way that they've, they've, they were supposed to be on defense and, you know, they've shown they've, they've got some good talent on that side of the football and, and they're, they've ground, grinded out a couple of games and they've played a lot of teams tough. Um, so, you know, I mean, yeah, I think, I think they're doing good. I, I can see where you're coming from, but I don't know with the successful as cup was in college uh, with as successful as he's been in the NFL, uh, whether this offense is designed uh, to get him open, which obviously what you, what any offense would want to do with their absolute top weapon you want to design an offense to get that person the ball um i think that person is a top weapon for a reason so i think there's a i think there's a reason why he's there i think he could be equally as successful in another offense that tries to get him the ball right for sure best way to find out lions trade for him well oh, there you go <laughs> there you go Super Bowl. Yeah. all right all right i like i like the way you ended that all right let's hear your second hot take all right so you know a few years back had some guys that this has nothing to do with our current defensive point structure and all that, but we need to make positional value worth as much as each other. You know, why does this one have to be worth lower? Let's even each other out and blah, 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 and all their lying ass bullshit. You know, commissioning to change things so he can get to the ship just to lose again. <laughs> but here's what they didn't do mm-hmm. they never thought about kickers for that. So here's my issue. If you don't want to make kickers equal to everyone else, then stop mm-hmm. being a giant vagina and actually abolish them. We have a complete double standard here, and kickers are still part of the game of football. Mm-hmm. And we need to need them do a 1.5 multiplier or something to make them equal or to get rid of them all together. Take a pick. Choose a side. Don't be on the fence. So so you want, to, equal, you want to equalize kicker points to other positions like we've done with defense. Or get yep. rid of, or just completely get rid or, of kickers, or get rid of it, and then there's no arguments either way. Yeah, I mean, it's more calling out some of the things that have happened in the past. I mean, we've learned in the past that the best way to get a rule change proposed is to propose it one year, get it shot down, and then Kellen propose it the next year. Yeah, and act like it was his idea. To that usually with. works, you so, know. Ke- but Kellen is know. a bit more articulate than others. I will say, when Kellen does, when Kellen does. Propose it. He, he puts together a good argument. I will say. Um, yeah, but, I mean that is true. Like when I can't even remember what it was, but whatever it was that Kobe did, he's like, "Oh, it's just this." And yeah, no, Kobe says ABC, it like right? Kobe says we should do this in passing on a podcast, right? And then like Kellen brings it up a year later, but he writes an entire like uh, uh, diatribe. Yeah, well, yeah, diatribe. Or I was gonna say like a like a one pager. He puts a one pager out of all the key yeah. points and breaks it down for everybody. And you know, I think I think he articulated his point a little bit better but yes um but yeah to your point mike i mean if you went down to 44th overall fantasy player right now you'd find jake elliott who's the highest scoring kicker with 69 points um he'd be he'd be at 0.05 points behind gabe davis um he'd be just ahead of isaiah pacheco he's ahead of tony pollard he's ahead of josh jacobs um so i mean that seems decently equal to me i mean I, I don't think a kicker should be you should have top five kickers um top 10 kickers you know fantasy uh players but having them down at 44 i mean that's way better than tight ends 
Uh, I think your top oh scoring God. tight end right now is Sam Laporta, and he's at 60. So, yeah. And it know. seems like he's setting the world on fire at that, right? Yeah, and he's he's 60th overall fantasy fantasy player. So, um, yeah, I mean, if we're going to – I think kickers and tight ends are about the same right now from an offensive position, except kickers are probably a bit more consistent than, than tight Get ends. Get rid of them both. Uh, and, and they're a lot more tightly packed, right? Your top 10 kickers – are separated by, let's see, was it 69 to 46? So 15 points or so. Who's uh, the next in kicker? Who's the what? Who's number two? Who's number two for kicker in terms of points? Fairburn. What's he at, like mid-50s? 57. 57. But, mm-hmm. I mean, so so 69 to 46 for your top kickers, right, top 10. You look at your tight ends, it goes – 60 to 37 and a half of your top 10. So, I mean, if that, if that isn't an argument for tight end premium, like, I don't know what is right. Kicker kickers are scoring more fantasy points easily with a much bigger, with a much tighter, like grouping of, of availability of options that are available than tight ends. See, but what I think is going to make tight end premium so tough in this league is there's only really like five tight ends to consider already a premium tight end. So guys aren't going to push it through because they're going to be like, I'm never going to have a chance unless I take big risks or more anytime you, or whatever it is. Anytime you add a scoring for a particular position, there's going to be a couple of guys that benefit from it. Well, the good news is, is they draft new tight ends every single year and things change and people get hurt, you know? So like you pull the trigger, you make tight ends worth a little bit more, especially considering we can start like, I don't know, 20 of them if you wanted now with the flexible offensive option, right? There's going to be a lot of people we talk about this week that uh, are kind of forced into starting two tight ends. Uh, so we'll see how how that works out for them, considering there's such low-scoring position. Like right now, right, if you had said, hey, i got to start Logan Thomas as my second tight end this week. He has 37 and a half points. If I went to receivers and I went to free agents. Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne has 42.8 points, right? Scoring more than than that tight end is. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't know. I think we got to do something about tight ends, but you know, that's off-season talk. All right. I completely agree with you, Mike. Get rid of them or make them make them make them worth something. And for I mean, for the record, for the guys listening, I've voted to get rid of them like the last two years. So it's not like I'm just and I, I, I've proposed it. I think the last two, Jimmy did it three years ago, but I've beat him to it each time this the last two years. That's how well, passionate Jimmy's actually I am. given up. Jimmy oh, yeah. 100% I refuse. Given up on bringing I refuse to lay down my sword. I will fight to the end. All right. Hot <laughs> takes by Mike. I like it. Thank you, sir. Let's no talk no about the week five matchups. Uh, let me pull up the week five matchups, Mike. And I'm going to let you talk about our pillow fight we had this week. Uh, I ended up beating you 138 to 126. Um, I had a 78% roster efficiency, Mike. You had 89% roster efficiency. Uh, your your best possible option would have scored 142 and you would have beat me by four points. So it's probably fucking Hassan Reddick, wasn't it? It was Hassan Reddick and Dawson Knox. <laughs> oh my God. Dude had three <laughs> points through three weeks after scoring like 215 the last two years apiece each year. And, and can't like still play in the amount of snaps like 70 percent that he always did and can't do anything like, come on guy yeah. but anyway 
Anyway. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And, our, and our Antonio fight. Gibson for James Conner would have been the other adjustment they would make. Yeah, I mean, that's tough because we know that Gibson is all about game flow and things like that. And, mm-hmm. um, has Conner been a guy to get hurt in the past? Of course, but you can never think that an injury is going to take a guy out for more than half of the game. But, you know, I my analysis is I sent you a text in the middle of practice at church when I was playing the drums for, for music in the morning and let you know it was already over when Matt Milano got hurt, like eight plays into the game or whatever. And yeah. I just had that gut feeling like, okay, something else is going to happen. And there it was. Like Robert yeah. Woods only played half the game and Jerry Connor. I was like, it is what it is. Yeah. Hufunga got one tackle. Um, yeah, that, that dude's falling off the face of the earth. He was almost dropped today, too. So, so here's the funny thing, Mike. I beat you to Kaimi Fairbairn, Fairbairn, or I took him from you this week, and you had and to pick up. Different. And you had to pick up Matt Prater, and that was the difference this week. So maybe, that, maybe that's even more ammo to get rid of kickers because <laughs> without See? that, I, without that, you win. Without kickers, See, people you are going to be they're going to be listening to this saying, "Oh, Mike's full of shit about this whole kickers thing." But then when they hear that, they're going to realize, yeah, one hundred percent. Proved the difference in the game this week. Kicker made a difference. Kicker made a difference. But no, they'll be like, look, the kicker made a difference, just like the kickers make difference and make game winning field goals all the time in the NFL. Um, which yeah. I get. I you get know it. what? I get it. So but uh yeah, I mean I I could have played Trev, I could have played Say Jones, uh a couple of you know, a couple other th- adjustments, but I mean I had just a great day for my safeties and my and my linebackers. I mean, they went off so that did it for me. I mean, my, my offense was putrid last week. Yeah, our efficiencies were good, right? If you can be 80% or better, you'll take that most of the time. Yeah. Right? Unfortunately, now, our 80% is bad. Right, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. But yeah. uh, when you figure how many positions we play and the bigger rosters we have and all that. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. If we would have if we would have picked perfect rosters, I win 177 to 142, which is still a horrific week if we picked perfect rosters so no doubt anyways that's enough of that i win uh i get my first win mike drops to the bottom uh at 0 and 5 the the next one here uh scott versus julian uh blowout win uh for julian 251 to 163 uh, both of these guys had in the 90s from an efficiency perspective um this was one of my um this is my lock of the week i laid the 26 points um, I predicted a 205 to 156 win. I didn't see Julian getting 250, but Jesus, he did he. Um, well, luckily, Scott owns his own pick, which is currently sitting at three right now. So uh, Julian's just a better team. Um, Scott's Jekyll and Hyde, and he's been all year. This is the first time he's actually kind of been in the middle of the middle of the pack from scoring. But uh, yeah, not great for Scott. Real uh, quick, before yeah. we go any further. I hate to break it up, but I thought of something that I know I did not write down and put on my notes. Yesterday, I sent you a message about a bet, and I wanted to make sure not to forget it, just in case some of the guys wanted to hop on it. I did hop on DraftKings. I couldn't find it. I'm sure it's somewhere. But, fellas, I heard throughout the week, listening to some sports radio around here, um, the Lions, the rest of the way this year, have the 31st toughest schedule, a.k.a. the second easiest schedule the rest of the way. Um, right now, the current odds to finish as the number one seed in the NFC is San Francisco plus 100, Philly plus 175, and then the Lions plus 1,000. 
So, I mean, we know they're rolling. I know we're drinking the Kool-Aid and all that kind of stuff. But combined with that schedule, you know, if they can stay healthy, why couldn't they potentially be the number one seed? That could, you know, those are pretty good odds to take a chance on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely decent. You got to assume uh, 49ers and, and, and Eagles slow down a little bit. Um, yeah, like someone's going to nip them, right? They have to. Yeah, and anything can happen in the NFL, right? Any given Sunday, uh, you know, teams have to deal with, with injuries all the time. So, yeah, yeah, it would be interesting to see, man. If they get the one seed and they win, you know, is it to win the NFC or is it to get the one seed? Um, it's to be the one seed in the playoffs. Yeah, that's a – this place would go absolutely nuts if that happened. 100%. Uh, I would not place a bet on them winning the NFC and getting to the Super Bowl, but I would absolutely, if I can find it, place a bet for them to be the number one seed going in. Yeah, that would be insane. All right. We'll keep it rolling. Uh, Walt versus – Thank you for that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah no problem. Walt versus Hagerman. Uh, Walt wins 183-172. Uh, both guys with uh, right 75-80% roster efficiency. Uh, Walt gets a W. Uh, what do you think, Mike? Um, I mean, it was really one of about two matches this week that kind of had any intrigue. You know, it was close going into Monday night. Uh, Walt got a good showing, I believe, from two guys, McCaffrey and maybe somebody else. Maybe it was just McCaffrey. Um, you know, Walt stays hot. He's, you know, that's kind of why he acquired a couple of big guys over the, the summer and yeah, here he is sitting, you know, near the top and getting that one recorded. Yeah, I bet he was pretty bummed when he seen McCaffrey only went for twelve. He was probably like, "Oh, geez, I'm going to be in for a dog fight." But um, he also gets Jalen uh, Petrie to show up uh, for the first time this year, scoring twenty seven points. Uh, you know, Hagerman had you know Devin Singletary nothing, Marvin Mims negative one point one points. Uh, other than that, pretty solid double-digit production from tight end all the way down to his safeties. So, you know, maybe a little bit more help from Kyle Hamilton would have would have been there. But yeah, uh, much needed win for Walt. Uh, much not needed loss for Hagerman. Um, but uh, yeah, good win for Walt though. Uh, that pick uh, Pickens trade, and you know, he traded for Pickens. He traded for McCaffrey. Uh, I was a little worried about those trades considering they were done before camp even started, uh, you know, and they made it through the camp gauntlet and they're, they're, they're hot. You know, both those guys are hot right now. So um, interesting to see. All right. Next is Orico versus Kellen. Kellen gets the win 212 to 189. Um, my prediction was 192, 188. I thought it was going to be a little closer than this. Uh, this is an upset. I bet on the pod with Brendan. Uh, so I got another five bucks coming my way. Um, Kellen gets the win. Uh, bad, bad day from his running backs. I mean, Cook, Harris, Williams combined for 15 points, but he gets 48 from Jamar. Uh, finally, that Cincinnati offense gets going. Uh, Arico had a good day offensively, but he was the he was the fourth overall offensive scorer. But uh, 13 points, the 13th overall. Uh, on his defense, he scored two more points than you did, Mike, on defense this week, and I think that's what really cost him. Yeah, because my defense isn't as bad as everyone thinks, but my yeah. team is as bad as everyone thinks. Yeah, yeah, but you were you were the lowest defensive <laughs> scorer last week, so it might just be it. as it might just be as bad. All right, Jeff versus no, half of them didn't finish their games. Well, you know, that's uh, the best ability is availability, Mike. Availability. Right. That's it. 
All right, we got Jeff versus Brendan. Uh, Jeff gets the win. Stat correction in his favor as well. 187, 185. What'd you see here? I mean, I'll be honest with all these things, and even when we pick later, I haven't looked at points. I know the three guys in the NFL that kind of really went off and ate shit this week. But um, a, a good win for Jeff. Obviously, we all know Jeff Jefferson's now out, but one of the you know the other intriguing matchup of the week that stayed kind of close. Um, for the doctor, I don't know. Maybe he sucks just like we do, but he's got a couple wins to say otherwise, and we'll be yeah. finding out soon. Yeah, I mean, and I feel bad because I have not listened to last week's pod. I legitimately have been busy at work, you know, kind of preparing different things going on there, and I have one hundred percent completely forgot to listen. So I'm yeah. gonna catch up. Yeah, this was a uh, Brendan was actually favored by Corey Vegas last week by I think four and a half. I took Jeff as my upset of the week. Uh, hit that on the parlay this week. Jeff had a huge day from Zach Moss, scoring thirty six. Um, his defense all but two guys, which I'm surprised Javon Holland and Nick Scott did not go for double digits. Um, on the other side of the ball, Brendan, um, great, great day from Josh Allen. David Montgomery continues to eat in this Detroit offense. Latavius Murray and Sky Moore were in his lineup. Like they combined for 3.3 points. Oh, Michael, you need to say. What's that? That's all you need to say. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, He's, I think he was lucky to score 185 with a couple of, you know, five guys in single digits. Um, almost almost pulled this one out and stole it. Um, Jeff Jeff uh, came Jeff came through with a big week from Zach Moss. Next is Ryan versus Dave. Ryan gets the win with 200 points to Dave's 151. Fields are starting to heat up. Big day from Thielen. Uh, we got a big day from Trey Hendrickson and Terrell Bernard. On defense that powered him over to that 200 point mark. Uh, those guys combined for 70, 81 points, 82 points. Um, so Dave played Aaron, Dave didn't get to, or Dave played Aaron Jones, who didn't play on Monday night. And I figured he, he figured that's probably his best bet was to hold off and wait for Aaron Jones and, uh, to be able to play, but he didn't. Uh, so other than that, you know, some disappointing performances by his, by his, uh, by Garrett Wilson, Tyler Conklin, Ronjay Stevenson continues to struggle. Uh, a guy who got out the gate real fast with uh, some high powered offense is starting to struggle a little bit. Uh, uh, his guys, uh, you know, racking up some points. So, um, yeah, a uh, big win for, for Ryan who moves to four and one. Um, you know, we keep saying, we keep waiting for the bottom to drop out, but, uh, you know, he keeps, he keeps always just scoring a little bit more you know, than, than the other guys. So, uh, Ryan's keeping it rolling. Do you think uh, Ryan might be kind of like this year's Kobe? So where a couple guys thought Kobe might be decent last year, you know, before he made some of the moves. But most guys are pretty down on Kobe. Most guys preseason mm-hmm. this year pretty down on Ryan. And all of a sudden, hot start kind of continues along, which allowed Kobe last year to buy some assets and yeah. know, kind of set Dave up with a solid group. But maybe he's that, that guy this year. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Yeah, and it's all about matchups and, and who you get when you get them. Um, and I think Ryan's taken advantage uh, so far this year. But, yeah, I can re- see the comparison for sure. Next, we got Corey versus Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy almost breaks the scoring record this week with 254. Uh, Corey scores under 200, uh, 186 points, and takes the L. I mean, it would be easy to say that 
Corey failed to show up on his end. And, you know, 186 isn't terrible, but you know, basically what happened is Jimmy just buried him into a mattress starting Thursday night and never let up. You know, so yeah, it's hard to climb out of a spot from 51 point hole. Yeah, right. And when he's only had one player play, it was, it's crazy. So yeah, I was talking to a guy at Luke, and this he didn't play against him in his league, but one of the guys in his league had Jamar Chase, George Kittle, and DJ Moore on his team and played them all this week. Oh, jeez. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I'd hate to be the guy that faces that, you know, because yeah. he's got no chance. So, yeah. You know, I, I open up – I am in another, like, redraft league that I help out with. And um, when that happened, I opened the phone and was like, no, 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 looked at the matchup. And I'm like, okay, good. We're not playing DJ Moore this week. So – but Jimmy gets 31 from Tyreek. He gets 26 from George Kittle. Uh, defense solid, other than his uh, almost 10 points out of Greenard and uh, Danelle Hunter. But uh, the rest of his defense scores in the double digits, mid to double, mid to high double digits. Um, yeah, all in all, great week. Uh, Devontae Smith just didn't do anything. Uh, on, the, on the flip side, Corey, Gabe Davis keeps eating. Uh, that trade looks better and better for him every day. Uh, A.J. Brown still doing his thing. Uh, defense, right? Uh, defense didn't show up this week for Corey. He's 8.7 points, 8.6 points from guys that normally score double digits. Uh, and I think that cost him this week. Uh, you know, other than the fact that Jimmy, you know, went off, I don't think there's anything is if his guys performed the way they were supposed to, it, I don't really think Corey's getting there. Uh, I think 225 or 226 was his, was his best, uh, set, set roster on uh, the potential points. So, uh, yeah, big win for Jimmy. Big win to keep it going, especially against an opponent like Corey. A lot of uh, people's preseason favorites to win. So, any last thoughts there on that matchup, Mike? I mean, no, nothing I can think of. So, good for Jimmy, bad for Corey. Jimmy's rolling and I'm trolling. <laughs> All right. Uh, here we go. Three yards on a cloud of dust, Mike. You ready for this? Uh, ready as I'm going to. All right. Uh, I want to know what your thoughts are on Jonathan Taylor's contract in his current situation. Um, so now he's signed. Is he staying in Indy or is there still like uh, maybe some friction there that you think he might get traded? Um, for this year, do you know off the top of your head? Hmm? The, the contract he signed, do you know? If it ended up being yeah, like it's three, three years, 40, 43 million. I mean, let me, see, let me see how they broke it down. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, three years, 42, uh, 10 mil signing bonus, 14 mil average salary, 26 and a half guaranteed, uh, total guarantees, uh, 19 guaranteed at signing. I mean, with the way the running back landscape is these days, I got to imagine he stays there throughout it because it's going to be hard for me to see anybody wanting to trade for a larger running back contract. Because they get chewed up and spit out, yeah. You know? So um, sometimes boot off stage, yeah. But um, that's kind of yeah. There you go. You got the reference. Some of these not mess won't, but um, I think he's a good player. I don't know. Like Jimmy's smart enough to know that he probably can't count on him much this year. Might he have a couple of weeks where he pops off? Sure, but yeah. At least for the next few weeks, you got to be real hesitant to play him. And I think he'll probably finish out that contract and. Well, we'll see what happens when he's like age 27 or 28, whatever it will be. 
It's interesting to see how it's structured because 23, his base salary is 1.7 mil. He has three mil assignee bonus and a five mil cap hit. Um, So 11.9 mil uh, is his cash value. 24, he's like at like 10 million cap hit, uh, 7 million salary, and then 11 million at the end. And, but the, the team has an option uh, after 25 going into 26 if they want out. Uh, they can get out with uh, only $2.5 million of dead cap. Or they can pick up the option in 26 and he can play that year. And then he'll be an unrestricted free agent in 27 when he's 28 years old. So okay. well, it's not a bad, bad contract actually for, for both sides. No. I agree with that. I mean, I didn't obviously not looking at it as it's three yards here. And, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he does happen to get cut before that last year. But then again, like if they have a chance to grow, they drafted a quarterback number four overall. If Richardson ends up being good and now they're at a point in a couple of years where, Hey, we can compete. Maybe they do hold on to him one last year, knowing we know what we can get out of him. He's a grinder, things like that. We'll have some yeah. stability there, and then you know keep him that last year. Tell you what, man, Richardson looks good. I'm already, I'm already like in on Richardson. I, I like what I'm seeing out of the kid. He can make throws. He can make plays with his legs. He's making some, you know, rookie mistakes. But I mean, I, I if I was a Colts fan or if I had stock in Anthony Richardson, I'd be pretty happy. Okay. I mean, I'll be honest. I haven't seen anything except one of his rushing touchdowns. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's me these days. Is I see like I've probably seen more plays of football tonight than I have the whole season so far. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're able to get out, get out on the patio, get away from the kids, get on the pod, have a beer, watch some football. That's what it's about. You know what? You know what that means, though. What's it mean? I just have to set it up to where I'm on the podcast every week now. There you go. Yeah. Even if you're not on the pod, you're on the pod. Just go out there and <laughs> yeah, just talk exactly. to yourself. Uh, yep. <laughs> all what right. All I do have the next question, an HFFL question, and it's going to hit close to home. You are 0-5, right. my friend. You are resource-starved, um, but you got players. You got players that can help people um, if you decided to sell. So I did this with uh, with Kellen, but I want to do a keep trade cut with you. You ready? You know the the, the deal. You assign somebody yeah, to yeah, keep. I mean, okay. All right. There's there's going to be something like this for you later, and who you got? So. All right. Josh Jacobs, Amari Cooper, Terry McLaurin. Keep trade cut. Well, clearly Terry McLaurin is not worth anything more than a first, so I'd have to <laughs> cut him. You have to. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. You could. Um, yeah. Like there's there's no reason otherwise. Um, I probably. Keep trade cut trade Amari Cooper and keep Josh Jacobs, hoping that uh he figures out something long term because he's still only like twenty four. He'll be twenty six so, next year. He's twenty five right now. Twenty five, okay. So yeah. I mean it's not like going through college like he had a ton of wear on his tires, you know. I mean no, no, he shared a he shared a backfield. Fun, but yeah. Yeah. In you know, those first couple of years in the league kinda. And and in over, and in high school he was a, and in high school he's a three star. He was a three star Wildcat quarterback. Wildcat quarterback. That's right. Yeah. So the only thing he had to do was run. He wasn't taking any blind yeah. takes or anything like no, that. No, no, so. Three-star Wildcat quarterback. That, I was crazy that that was a position back then, but it was. Um, so, okay, so you're keeping Josh. You're trading Amari. You're cutting Terry McLaurin. Um, Terry has so, 
has Terry, we all we all know Terry is is a good wide receiver, right? He's shown his ability through his career, uh, you know, with almost a thousand yards his first year. He won a thousand and four, a thousand and a thousand or eleven hundred and four, a thousand and five, and almost twelve hundred and five last year. Um, this year he's gotten out to a little bit of a slow start, two sixty one, a touchdown uh, on twenty five receptions. Is it uh, is it Sam Howell? Uh, is it that offense? Is it coaching staff? What do you think is going on with Terry? I think it's a little bit of everything. Um, there are other young options in that receiving core that are capable. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have a quarterback starting for the first time, going through some growing pains, had some good moments and some bad moments from kind of what I've seen and read. You know, like I've watched the game. Um, you have a backfield that couple of young guys you don't really know what you're getting from either of them either week. So I don't know for any weeks. So I don't know if that's a line thing or maybe just Robinson and Gibson are hot and cold each week. You know, it's there's just a lot of variables there. I don't think they're necessarily lacking talent overall, but it just hasn't clicked yet for him. Yeah. Um is Amari Cooper does he does he live or die with Deshaun Watson? If Deshaun Watson plays, Cooper's gonna do well. If not then Amari just I mean, kind of disappears. As as much as the freak athlete, like Dorian Thompson Robinson is not Deshaun Watson. So yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You know, which I like that cat though, man. I like Dorian Thompson yeah. Robinson. I loved watching like what I'd loved watching the UCLA games, late games, uh on Saturday night and watching that kid play, man. He's really good. But I totally agree. He's definitely not I Deshaun think, Watson. No, he's not Deshaun Watson. Deshaun's not seemingly what he was a few years ago either is he still you know solid NFL quarterback sure but I mean before all his junk he's legitimately having conversations about him being top five you know so yeah yeah I mean because I think the games that games that he's played Mars went off the last week he didn't play or two weeks ago he didn't play uh he's seen one he's seen six targets on in one catch when uh DTR played so all right uh, and then last question. Do you think they figured it out with Josh Jacobs? Oh. <laughs> I mean, I know you hope, but I mean, so last, so like the first couple of games, uh, he's still getting the same volume, uh, but this time he got in the end zone twice. Uh, he had eight catches two weeks ago for 81, five catches for 20. Uh, he's getting volume. He's getting, it looks like anywhere from 20 to 25 touches a game. Um it's just he got in the end zone the last two weeks. Yep. Um, I mean, I don't think he's – I don't know if they'll ever have him like he did last year, right? Um, and most guys wouldn't. But I also don't think he's falling off a cliff as long as he gets opportunities anytime soon. Yeah. You think it's – um, I it's, did watch – So, I was going to say, when you, when I watched this game this past week on Monday night, they mentioned that uh, – Jimmy G uh, doesn't have anywhere near as strong an arm as Derek Carr. And he has a really hard time stretching the field. So that allows defenses now to walk up, load the box, play zone, um, you know, play man to man and, and, and bring people. And, and that's really hurting Josh Jacobs ability to be productive. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, there's definitely the possibility there because, I mean, I hate to go back to it again, but when you think how many years Josh McDaniels ran offenses in the time in Denver, you know, hey, Mike, you're getting a little quiet and mumbly. Oh, Can no. you just yeah, speak a little bit better? 
and, and take the dick out your mouth, please. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> For those of you that didn't know, he was watching the video and he saw me moving my mouth, but obviously oh, okay, not yeah. saying. Yeah, Mike, Mike, jokes are so, much jokes are much better when they're explained, but yeah, okay, go ahead. Well, I mean, no one's going to see this video, but um, I was saying, you're going back to McDaniels with his philosophies in the past, you know, and in New England and in Denver, it's typically been, um, you know, get rid of the ball relatively quickly, you know, the good old Walt Tom Brady system quarterback stuff. Um, and ground game is by far a number two to it. Um, and that's kind of what we're seeing here, but he's also now taking more chances downfield. And, or, you know, over the last couple of years, trying to take more chances downfield, which Derek Carr 100% is better at that than Jimmy G, where Jimmy G would be more of get it out quickly type of thing. And yeah, I think that's also part of Jimmy's struggles, right? He's doing things that don't fit his skill set all that great. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of his, not a lot, but probably I've, I think he's gotten the league lead in assessments, but I've seen three on replays or whatever, which are things downfield that he just couldn't get it there or underthrew it or whatever it was. And it's like, mm-hmm. That's not what he does. Don't do that with him. Right. So, right. And maybe he shouldn't even be a starter there. Who knows? But Aiden O'Connell is not the answer yet either. So <clears throat> TBD. Okay. But yeah, I do. I do think that it can definitely be a viable thing about, you know, Derek Carr would have been better suited in that offense to help Josh Jacobs be more effective. Gotcha. And their O-line is not very good. No, no, it's not very good. Um, okay, so I just wanted to hit on those three players. I wanted to get your thoughts on them. Um, I know they're probably your top three uh, trade candidates going forward if you decided that, hey, you're going to you're gonna try to trade him uh, and uh, see what you can get for him. Um, wild card question. It's two-parter. One, um, do you miss coaching football? And two, who is your favorite coach from a sports movie? Um, I'm guessing you're talking about like when I was middle school head coach and then varsity assistant coaching because, yeah, you know, like like football for five and six year olds is 100 where it's at i learned that this no no absolutely not no no no. when you were coaching Com- real football real put on the sarcasm. pads football do you miss it um honestly no okay i just i don't know like is it would it still be cool to be game you know be there with the kids and the coaches every day yeah sure but it's just one of those things that the grind of it all you know yeah pretty much a full year thing like some of the guys in this group know and uh, just kind of being able to come home and either get Mikey off the bus or pick up the other kids and like, have time to make dinner and actually eat dinner with each other or play mm-hmm. outside and stuff like that would never happen during football season so okay. I'm, speaking I'm of happy that, giving up coaching for those speaking of that uh just an announcement about coaching football I was talking with Ryan today about getting him on the pod um, his team started out 0-2. They won four in a row, uh, and they're playing tomorrow. And if they win, they win the conference. They're conference champs if they win tomorrow. So, uh, oh, snap. Good, good luck. Uh, I don't know what they are, the Jedi. You know, let's just say good luck Jedi team. Uh, but no. Aryan yeah. Spring something. No idea. But uh, I guess they got a pretty good chance to win. So, 
uh, you know, that's what, that's what it's about. It's nice to see, you know, those kids out there, you know, turning around 0 and 2 and going 4 and 2 and having a chance to, to wrap it up tomorrow. So that's cool. Um, so what is your favorite coach from a movie? Um, all right. We're going to go way back. It doesn't have to be We're football. Go. It can be it can be any sports oh, no. movie. Oh no, my favorite coach from a movie was nineteen ninety four. Uh huh. It's a baseball movie. Uh huh. And it's Little Big League. Okay. It's Billy Haywood taking over the Minnesota Twins after Grandpa dies, and they fire George Farrell. And Mac brings them in, and they're like, who are we going to hire as coach? And he says, me. And then they try him. And then what do the twins do? They go from doo-doo all the way to playing against Ken Griffey Jr. and the Mariners to get into the playoffs. So he is, at 12 years old, the greatest sports coach of all time. But he's also my favorite. That's funny, man. That's great. Um, mine has to be, uh, coach Lou Brown from major league. All right. All right. Uh, he's just absolute comedy gold in that movie. Uh, the, the, my runner up would probably be, um, Tom Hanks from league of their own. Um, what was his name in that movie? I'm blanking right now. I remember his name either. Yeah. I mean, just him, you know. Oh, he was so great in the movie, but no, I'm going to go with Coach Lou here uh, from Major League is mine. Um, I love this pretty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. Um, all right, Mike, I think you had a, a, a couple of things you had you wanted to ask me tonight, uh, a little bit movie related. Um, so I'll, I'll give you the floor and let, let's, hear what you ha- let's see what you got. Maybe explain a little bit if, if you need. I mean, so for when you guys listen, just trying to throw some variety out there, you know, to me, obviously I like listening and getting takes from guys and all that, but, um, you know, you can only talk about matchups so much and this guy and that guy and how it's going, you know, have a little, little fun with it. So Rich, you know, this one of my favorite comedies of all time, the dodgeball. Yeah. True underdog story. Yeah. Give me your favorite quote. From that movie oh my favorite quote from dodgeball there's so many right um because let's be honest like patches O'Houlihan is one of those yeah. under the radar but all he does is he just throws yeah. out zingers the whole movie yeah it's it's um I, I think the one i probably quote the most is um the one about the urine uh necessary right necessary. is it necessary for me to drink my own urine no, but I do it anyway. It's sterile. And I like the taste. Um, that probably has to be my favorite. Uh, I do like a couple other patches ones, um, but uh, or you know Jason Bateman is, uh, uh, and then and then uh, what's this? I can't remember the other guy's name is Cotton. So you know, like I think everybody always says like bold strategy. Let's see if it pays off for him. You know, uh, but no, I think the urine quote would probably be my favorite. Yeah, that's, I think that's my favorite, too. He's got one in there that's going to a lot of cock flavor lollipop. And yeah. So, <laughs> so many good ones. And, you know, if you watch it and it's edited, it's always a poopy flavor lollipop. So it's not nearly. Yeah. Funny, but, or, uh, you know, uh, or uh, uh, nobody ever makes me bleed my own blood. No blood. Even Lance Armstrong at the end when he's talking to 
offensive on Peter LaFleur about, you know, losing everything and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. such a a gentle comedy piece from yeah. Lance Armstrong. <laughs> Everybody was pretty yeah. funny. Uh, what, what was the pirate's name? And then the guy's like, Steve, oh, Steve. He's like, Steve, the pirate. pirate. He goes, he goes, yeah, the guy who dresses like a pirate says R all the time. He's like, I don't know who that is. Hey, like, There's a pirate on the team? <laughs> there's a pirate on the team? Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, you, that, that was it. That was my one for that, You just had one for me? I mean, yeah, that was, I didn't plan on going super in depth there. I got more in our other segment to add tonight, but. Okay. I mean, All if right. we're at it, here. I do have one off the top. Give me of the one more movie. Then. Give me one more movie. That's fine. So let's let's not go movie quotes, but in terms of like maybe a movie, I would say if you saw it in the theaters, uh-huh. one that maybe you had no expectations. Of, what was that, Mike? You are impressed. You said you said you said, you said I had, I went to a movie. I had no expectation. You cut out a little bit. What'd you say? Okay, so like if you went to a movie, you didn't know what it was about, or you had no expectations, but you ended up either like really loving the movie, or you thought it was hilarious, yeah. or something like that. One that super surprised you. Yep, and I know exactly the movie. It was super bad. I went to the I went to the theater to see Super Bad, and I had zero expectation for it. You didn't really know who any of these guys were. You didn't know who who. Uh, uh, Michael Sarah was really. You didn't know who Jonah Hill was. I mean, you had no, you knew Seth Rogen, but um, you know Bill Hader hadn't really come onto the scene yet. Um, so I mean, I went to that movie expecting absolutely nothing, and f- literally crying, falling out of my seat in the movie theater at Superbad. It was just like one of the funniest things I've ever seen, and I I was like, oh my god, this is a fantastic movie, and I'll still watch it today. Uh, so Superbad for me. What about you? Um, super bad. Was it really? <laughs> yeah, it's a hundred percent, dude. Hundred percent. Celebration Cinema in Mount Pleasant. I saw it with Big Al and Brent, yeah. and they had known about it. They're like, "Hey, you want to go to the movies?" Yeah, sure. When are you going to see Super Bad? What's which is sad here because here I am, the manager of an on-campus video store, and I had no clue <laughs> what Super Bad was. Yeah. Well, I'm like, yeah, sure, let's do it, and had zero clue what to expect, and just like you said, man, just died the whole time. Oh my god, there's just so so, so much funny stuff that happens in that movie. It's it's absolutely insane. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if there was it's one, kind of, go ahead. I was gonna say it's kind of just like dodgeball, where it's one thing after another that it's just funny after funny after funny. Yeah, yeah, it's it's or it's stupid, it's a, ridiculous, or whatever. You know, it's now a classic. I'd have to say so. Um, all right, 100%. <clears throat> we'll save the rest for later for the uh, for the who you got at the end. Um, let's talk a little bit about some league announcements. Five weeks this week are Packers Steelers. Uh, so no, uh, no love, no, I mean, uh, Christian Watson. Um, and then you got no Pickens, no Pickett, no Najee, no Jalen Warren, um, no uh, Fryermuth. This week or TJ Watt, which I think we're going to talk about, is going to be a big one. Uh, Highsmith, that defense, uh, Fitzpatrick. Uh, so those two are out, but it's crazy that there's only two this week, but six teams on by next week. <clears throat> so make sure you're checking your roster, you're looking ahead, planning for those six bye weeks that are next week. Um, we do have a, a London game, uh, another London game this week. It's Baltimore versus Tennessee. Uh, probably going to be another stinker. These London games, for the most part, and I, I didn't watch the the one this past week, but the one before that was not that great. Um, 
Then we'll get into draft picks here. Them. What's that, Mike? I said I hate the London games. Yeah, I mean it's nice to have it's nice to have morning football if you're if you're not golfing, which I was last last Sunday. Um, but they just they just not very good. I don't know. I guess last week was pretty yeah. good, but um, in the most part, I just I, I haven't really enjoyed them. I mean, I also hate Thursday night games, and I hate how the NFL staggers their buy schedules. Like, just can we have it be over the course of eight weeks and have it be fourteen weeks? Yeah. Yeah, Thursday night games suck, man. I don't know if we've seen a good one yet. It's just other than when the Lions won uh, against against uh, Kansas City beginning of the year, but teams were fresh. You know, I think we've got yeah, into this a little bit, right, uh, with the teams on short weeks playing Thursdays. I mean, look, we're sitting here with three minutes left in the second quarter, and it's Kansas City three, Denver nothing, and Denver's one of the worst teams in the league. You know, what does that tell you? So, well, if it makes you, if it makes you feel better, Kansas City is going to score a touchdown on your TV in the next few seconds. Yeah, well, I mean, but they, they, that they, being they, said, it hasn't been intriguing. No, it's been a big old stinker, and it missed our bet. And I'm ticked off about it. So I'm back to 500 now after getting that win last night on New Mexico State, baby. Let's go. Um, all right, uh, let's talk about the draft picks. Mike currently 101, owned by Scott. I currently have the 102. Uh, I own that one. Scott has his own pick. Scott's currently the 103. Uh, and that's where the 900 zone ends, right? So all those teams aren't haven't cracked a thousand potential points yet through what is it five weeks? So you know what that means? Uh, it's less than 200 points in potential points per week. Um, and then we go to Brendan at 104 picks owned by me. Uh, then we have 105 is currently Corey Hagerman by 0.5 points uh, in front of our number six pick which is Ryan owned by Jimmy. So Mike, if you get your, if you get your pick back and uh, make some deals with Scott here, uh, you'd be sitting pretty. Yeah. Right. Scott's not doing that. Pick. Oh, he Especially could. Him having a dog shit team where he's probably going to be top four. Like why would he buy anything and give that pick up? No, good point. This is a very good point. But if he gets a win this that week, said, Scott, it doesn't mean I won't offer it to you. <laughs> He wins this week and gets to, gets to 500. Who knows? Uh, maybe he can fuck around and make the playoffs, and then his pick is like eighth or whatever. So, all right. That being said, let's get into the week six matchups. Uh, we're going to talk about game of the week, lock of the week, upset of the week. Uh, we're going to start with my game against Scott this week. Uh, who you got, Mike? Oh, Scott like minus said, 11. Scott minus 11, Corey Vegas. Who you got? Oh, I forgot to think about these uh... – Lines, if I if I wanted to. Um, I mean, we know it's necessary here to talk about matchups and all that. Um, but with all these, I'm just going gut this week. I haven't looked at rosters. I haven't looked at people are starting. Okay. I'm gonna say Scott wins. Uh, it's going to be a close one. He is going to cover the 11, but it's not gonna be much more than that. And he's also currently in the lead in the Amari Cooper sweepstakes. House. Ooh, I like it. I didn't know there was a sweepstakes. It wasn't advertised. So, I, no, I mean, like I mentioned earlier in the week, and I know I sent this stuff to you, so here, might as well just tell everybody. Um, the last couple of years, I didn't know, you know, where I was. I, ha- I can't watch a whole lot of football anymore. We're just busy with kids and this and that and all, all the stuff, right? So, um, I think me not watching much football has led me to be lazy in fantasy football, right? And um, the, the one thing I didn't want 
want to do is if I'm thinking about potentially stepping down from this league is I don't want to leave it because I like the guys and I like the camaraderie and I love the chat and all that kind of stuff. I think it's really cool. So I would pitch to Jimmy if he ever wanted to that I would become lead commissioner. He could move out of that role and replace me. But I also like, I want something else to do, which maybe this is it, you know? Yeah. So um, the last thing I wanted to do is decide to maybe sell off assets and then leave the league. Because yeah. to me, like if I were a new guy coming in, I'd be like, oh man, he had these guys and this is what he got. Like I would want to be in charge of my own teardown if I came into that. Yeah. So um, all but that you're... being said, and Jamie might be happy to hear this. I think I'm sticking around, guys. You're gonna uh, stick around. Myself out of it, man. Stick around. So, um, I tell you what, Jeff Casa is. Day Hill is open. Jeff is jumping for joy right now. Yeah, I know it. He's very happy. Jeff you're is 100 jumping for joy. Yeah, he's very happy you're staying. Um, so it's good to hear that he's the leader in the clubhouse. It's good to hear that you're sticking around. Uh, I need a punching bag. So thank you for sticking around. Um, so for me, uh, I got Trev over Gino. I think if Saquon plays, Bijan hangs with Saquon. Scott obviously has better wide receivers than I do, but um, Scott has two of the lowest scores uh, in the league this year with 104 and 125. And frankly, my defense is and has been better than Scott's. So I'm saying this is my upset of the week. I'm betting it with Corey. Uh, I have me winning this week, 179 to 168. Oh, snap. So you're taking the 11. What's that? Said, so you're taking the eleven points. Yeah, I'm the minus eleven for you. No, no, no. I'm no, no. I well, I'm taking the points. This is my upset of yeah, the week. Yeah, I, think I, I think I win. I think I win. Mama didn't raise no fool. I'm taking the eleven. I'm taking the eleven this week. But I do think just go money line. What's that? I said just go money line. No, no. Corey's hurting, man. He didn't want to give me any good odds, so. Uh, I, I'm going with the points. I'm taking it. I got like plus 264 because I took them both with points, plus and minus for my upset and lot. Uh, but yeah, that's my upset of the week. We'll get into Walt versus Julian. Uh, the reason I think Scott's going to beat you in cover is because you just came off what will be your one and only biggest win of the year. Uh, I mean, who would you rather beat in this league if you're only going to have one win? That's me. Yeah, but so I, I don't think I don't think that's but that's not how life works, Mike. That's not I'm not just limited to one win. I can win as many as I want. No, you can't win as many as you want. I can win as many as I want. Guys. I can win I can win just enough to piss people off and not enough to make the playoffs and still get my pick. You know, I was gonna say, you know what I would love? I would love if you go. No, whatever. It's six and nine, right? 15, sure. Uh, it's fourteen it games. 14 Mike. It's fourteen. Oh, so so you go like six and eight. Yep. Miss the playoffs and you still get the first pick. That's that's the dream, Mike. That I is would think the that's dream. That's my dream for next year. So this year, you know, hit the shit can, blah mm-hmm. blah blah. Next year, I'm six and eight. I still get the first pick, and then I make my run. That's the dream, bud. That's what I'm living for. That's all I live okay. for right now. All you all right. douchebags still want to go potential points now? Yeah. All right. Uh, so Walt, four and one versus Julian, who's two and three, who's heating up a little bit. Uh, and depth, I think, is starting to rear its ugly head for Walt. Um, you look over and he's starting two tight ends, Evan Ingram and Darren Waller. Uh, honestly, I think Zeke might be a better play this week, but I don't know. 
Uh, I think Walt has a hard time seeing a ton of offense for offensive production this week. Uh, Lamar uh, in London, he's got Marquise Brown. Um, uh, Marquise Brown has a you know fairly decent matchup, except it's against the Rams at the Rams. Um, I don't know if Tank Dell plays. Last I seen, he was nursing an injury. Uh, he doesn't practice today, so he might not play. So this might not even be what Walt's lineup looks like, but I guarantee you would probably be his highest scoring one this week. Um, I think that Julian's team is catching its stride. And uh, right now it's Julian minus eight and a half per Corey Vegas. I think Julian gets it done. I think Julian covers 191 to 181. A lot of things I agree with you there. Um, like I said, didn't know any of that stuff about Walt's lineup because not my thing. Uh, but I think on paper, and this is why I did this, I chose this as the game of the week. You know, we got a guy that was expected to be in the top few that has disappointed early, but coming on, we got a guy that was hopeful to be where he's at. You know, with only you know zero, one, or two losses here, and Walt being at least four and one. So on paper, game of the week. But I'm taking Julian. And I think he's gonna he's gonna win it pretty handily. I think twenty twenty five points is definitely in possibility. Okay. All right. So we're both taking Julian there. Uh, next game is Orico versus Hagerman. Orico, it's two and three. Hagerman is three and two. Uh, who you got this week, Mike? Orico minus sixteen. Oh, Corey Vegas minus sixteen. I think that seems about right. Uh, I know I told you this, and I've actually told Orico this too that. Out of all the teams in the league that I think are built to have the potential to compete right now, but also built best for the future, I think it's him. Um, I'm going to take a Rico. I just think he's got some guys that can go crazy. Or as Corey would say, K. Corey would say, they can spray, man. They can yeah. spray. <laughs> you know? They're going to spray. So I would take a Rico here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a Rico starting two tight ends this week, uh, Mark Andrews and Sam Laporta, but you know, probably two of the best two tight ends you could possibly dream, play. Right. Yeah. Uh, unless you had Travis Kelsey in that mix. Um, but uh, Herbert, I think catches a tough matchup with Dallas on Monday night, um, Dallas in prime time, you know, unless they're playing the 49ers. Uh, I think they're going to try to get it right against, uh, you know, uh, a, char- a chargers team that, you know, might struggle a little bit against that pass rush. But uh this week, Corey still has Devin Singletary in his lineup. Uh, he has. Uh, it's going to be just a tough, tough go if that's where if that's how he's going to be, but going to be playing it. Um, yeah, I mean, give me a Rico here. I think a Rico covers the sixteen. I got a Rico win in one ninety two to one seventy three. All right. All right. Hey, speaking of Dallas and primetime, real quick though, have you seen the? I don't know if it's someone's podcast or whatever, but Micah Parsons and Debo Samuel getting after it a little bit with each other. No, I didn't see that. Was it uh, oh, Parsons, like during the game? Part No, like this is completely after. This is like, I don't know, last night or today or something. Parsons was being interviewed and they asked him about it all. He basically said like, yeah, you got us now, but wait till next time and it happened again type of thing. Huh. And Debo was like, what were you waiting for this time? Right. <laughs> what, what makes you think it's not going to be worse next time? You know what right. I mean? Right. So I was like, ooh, I was like, all right, I like some spice. So. Yeah. Real spicy mm-hmm. a meatball there, huh? Um, <laughs> all right. So this week, uh, this week uh, we got, uh, what is it? 
Kellen versus Jimmy. Jimmy is minus 22. Uh, this is my game of the week. I think this has some playoff seeding implications. I think both these guys make it. Um, obviously, you know, Kellen, Kellen needs it. Jimmy wants it. Um, no TJ Watt this week. No Najee. I think TJ definitely hurts uh, more than Najee does. Um, Kellen does have a good lineup. Jimmy has to be salivating, though, over his matchups because I know I am. He's got Mahomes, Pacheco versus uh, Denver tonight, uh, which, you know, started out slow. Maybe they can get back into it uh, and start scoring some points. Um, and but then he also has Miami versus Carolina, so Tyreek versus Carolina. He has DK versus Cincy, since he's definitely gettable. He has Chicago versus Minnesota, and Minnesota's just played in shootouts all year long. Um so, I mean, it's just absolutely stellar matchups for Jimmy this week. Um, Kellen currently holds the record for the highest scoring week at 267.34 in HFFL history on MFL. That's the only thing we can track. But I don't, I don't think on ESPN anybody came near 267.34. Last week, Jimmy scores the highest this year at 254.69. I think it gets even higher for Jimmy this week. I think Jimmy wins this one and breaks the record against the current record holder. Holder, Jimmy wins 269.69 to 205. Game of the week, lock of the week, lay in the 22. Okay, okay. Um, a lot of analysis from you. I'm going to keep it short. I can't give you a hot take like I did earlier and then pick Ellen to win. So Jimmy is going to win in a beat down in my lock of the week nice nice lock of the week all right and considering uh right now i'm looking at Collins lineup and he did play rasheed rice this week um, who has one catch for seven yards but he has a tackle so that's good rasheed rice has probably uh, probably a special teams tackle so um you know if he can get you know 10 more of those special teams tackles i think kellen might have a bit of a chance Got a chance yeah only needs to go yep. 10 times more than what he has in one half all right. Just look great. Yeah. All right, Mike. You versus Jeff this week. Jeff minus 21 via uh, via Corey Vegas. Um, what do you got? What do you got as far as your pick for this week against the three and two trash trunk? There you go. I'm going to take a look at our score real quick. Um, so right now is currently Jeff with five and Mike with negative 1.12 at halftime of this game. Yeah. But I, yeah. I need to ask you a question, Rich. All right, ask. Let me know Let me know if this sounds familiar. Okay. Ryan next week is who I struggle against all the time. Him and Mike don't know why. Jeff, you should have given up the third. Your, your struggles continue against me in my upset of the week. Russell Wilson scoring negative points, and I'm taking a caveman to pound town. I'm going to club your head in, buddy. Brains bleeding and everything. First <laughs> win of the year. Your struggles with me continue. Justin Jefferson can shove it up his ass, just like Terry McLaurin and that extra third, buddy. Bold, bold upset of the week there, especially looking at a negative 1.12. Uh, Russ right now is five for eight, 17 yards a pick and one carry for two yards. He's so bad. Dude, they only have like, they have uh, 14 plays Mike, in the first I was, half, I think. Or I, was, like I was rooting for Russ just so you could probably get something for him. Um, 
but this is bad. This is real bad, especially considering Kansas City is is gettable from a from a defensive perspective. Uh, but they did get Bolton back this week. Nick Bolton is back this week, so that's a big boost to that defense. Um, Mike, let's face Mike. Mike, let's face it. Your team blows. I just beat you. Uh, Jeff wins this one. I think pretty handily. Um, I think Stafford uh, has a really good day against Arizona, and uh, he wins two hundred five to one fifty five. Fortunately, I don't see you breaking 150 this or 160 this week, bud. You have your opinions. I have mine. Yeah, so lay the the 21. Lay the 21, in my opinion. All right. Next, Dave versus Brendan. Dave is two and three. Brendan is two and three. Dave is currently favored, minus 12 and a half. Uh, Dave gets uh, Ken Walker back this week. Uh, takes a hit on uh, offense and defense, having Green Bay off. You know, this is the the, the typical the Kobe issue when he had uh, all the all the Steelers and all the all the Packers uh, on his team and kind of really leaned on him. Um, so no change there. He still has Puka St. Brown is playing this week. Um, Garrett Wilson, lots of talent. Depends on which type of Zach Wilson shows up this week against Philadelphia. But that defense is stifling. Um, I think uh, I think since Nick Bolton is back. Um, who already has a pass defended and a pick. Uh, I got Brendan, you know, even though Davis favored 12 and a half, uh, I think Brendan has a better defense. I think he has better offensive pieces this week. I got Brendan winning 188 to 176. All right. All right. I- I'm glad we got some disagreements this week. That's good. It'll be our second. It'll be our chalk. Yeah. Yeah. We got some, we got our third um, disagreement. I like it. So for this one, Simply, I believe Davis going to win. Don't know why. Just a gut feeling. Okay. But I also know that Dave is on your pod next week. He is, he is so, scheduled. Yep. So while we're at it, I'd like to ask Dave a couple of questions. He doesn't have to answer these. You know, they can be rhetorical or if he wants to answer them, by all means. Okay. So it's about your name, Dave. Are you a dump, tr- a dump truck driver? Right? Like, is that where it comes from? Dump truck is. Um, do you happen to like big bucks? I mean, something now. We know you can't lie. All right. Um, or do you indeed yourself have dumped like a truck? You know, I just, I want to know where dump truck Dave comes from. Oh, all right. That's a fair question. That's a fair question. And you're going to win. You're going to win. <laughs> I don't think so. But we're, we'll talk about it next week. We'll figure out, figure out the mystery behind the dump truck. All right. Much appreciated. You got that. Okay. So last matchup. Uh, Corey minus 14 and a half against Ryan this week. Mike, who you got? Um, honestly, I haven't looked at Ryan's team since the offseason when I thought it was just 100% ass cheeks. Um, and that's just the way it is. Ryan has 100% overachieved, but I'm going with my homie Corey this week. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, Fields. Looks like he's come to life um, last couple of weeks. Raheem Mostert gets a break with A-Chain being out, so he should probably feast for Ryan. Um, so that's good news for him. But his wide receiver crew is shaky at best. He's starting Rashid Shahid this week, um, who, I mean, is a big – it's boom or bust with him. Um, I think Corey's at full strength, uh, other than maybe Jalen Warren is out. Other than that, I think everybody else is somebody is somebody who we normally start, uh, and a full strength Corey is is a is a pretty tough team to beat. So 
I got Corey winning this week, uh, 205 to 181. I also have a cover there. Um, so I have a lot of covers on favorites. Um, just to summarize, you got Scott minus 11. I got me plus 11. We both took Julian minus eight and a half. We both took Orico minus 16. We both got Jimmy minus 22. I took Jeff laying the 21. You got you plus 21 actually winning outright probably, um, which is a dumb pick. Uh, and then you have Dave minus 12 and a half. I'm taking Brendan in the points. And then we both took Corey minus 14 and a half. And uh, we expect Ryan to lose that game. All right. Our final segment, our who you got segment, Mike, take it away. Who you got? All right, guys. So this is going to take place of pick your six hard poll of the week. So feel free to play along and hit up the chat with some of these if you like with some of your picks. Um, Rich, as, as far as we go here, I've purposely left some people out of options because I think it's the person we would hand down pick. Okay. So um, I tried to pick guys from our football viewing lifetime. So, you know, like the mid nineties till now. That okay. would be considered to be, you know, right. So, so I don't have to. I don't have to pick like like Johnny Unitas or Night Train Lane or anything, then, right? Exactly. Okay, so, I like it. All they're all fables and legends, to us, right? Yeah, exactly. So, my first one here: Who would you rather have to throw a hail mary to win a game? Yep. Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers? To throw a hail mary. Where hail are we mary at? to win the game. Where are we at on the field? Oh, you're at the minus 45. 55 in the year on a straight line to get it to the end zone. So, in actuality, probably anywhere from 65 to 70. Yeah. Um, give me Aaron Rodgers. I agree with you there. I think, I think he's going to be a bit more under control. Um, I think, you know, Favre was – sneaky elusive for you know in his day um and, and i think he's got a much stronger arm than rogers so if you'd have told me we're sitting back at our 30 i'd say give me give me Favre. Uh, but if right. we're at just about midfield i think uh rogers is going to be able to put it on him and i've seen him do it live uh at at uh, ford field so <laughs> okay. uh yeah give me no, rogers that's another thing like i do i agree with you that Favre could be sneaky elusive but i think aaron Rodgers was like legitimately like he, he was more elusive than far if he wasn't like the Mark well, Jackson no thing, he, right? but he could move around really well far like could, far said, could run just be more under control Favre would is faster than rogers rogers had better pocket presence and better feet in the pocket agree right so if you know rogers needed to move he could move but i think if you know if somebody came off the edge and he had to like escape and roll out and throw the ball 55 60 yards give me Favre, right but if he's comfortable maybe a late rush comes in and he's got to move a little bit to his right and throw the ball give me rogers so i don't know is our offensive line banged up are they healthy you know <laughs> are they bringing pressure you know so like i mean there's a couple questions there but i think in those scenarios give me aaron Rodgers. like in in a in a in a have to have to score a touchdown to win. Chances are they're not bringing anybody. He'll stay calm. He'll stay collected. He'll make a good throw. I think the thing that swayed my opinion on this too is I think Brett Favre is more likely just 
try to throw it too hard and throw a complete duck up there that goes 50 yeah. yards and doesn't even make it to the end zone. Or he throws it too hard with his or super far powers yeah. and, he, and he throws it to roast 15. Right, exactly. Yeah. So next one, and I tried to hit all the, the offensive positions here. Okay. Who would you rather to have as your lead blocker if you're running the ball? Yep. Moose Johnson, mm-hmm. Corey Schlesinger, or Lorenzo Neal? Lorenzo. Lorenzo is an absolute road grader. 100%. I hate agreeing so much, but yeah, Lorenzo Neal is my pick. Yeah, Lorenzo Neal. So. Just, I mean, I mean, if you needed a guy to be able to block and play like H-back, I mean, give me Schlesinger probably, but Lorenzo Neal is, is I, I think, going through the hole is the guy I want. I, yeah, I would if I numbered them one to three, I would have gone Neil Johnson, Ben Schlossinger. Yep, agree. That's no hit on any of them because they're all very, very good. Yeah, they're all great. So, <clears throat> should we have the fullback? Should right. we have the fullback position in fantasy, Mike? That'd be interesting. Uh, yeah, let's do it. We'll go tight end so slash you... fullback. <laughs> hey, that's not terrible because tight ends don't score and fullbacks almost don't exist. So. Yeah. It'd be it'd be Kyle, every, everybody check. would hundred dollars blind bid. Yeah, yeah use check <laughs> would be your guy for the fullback position. And then we then we so the then, hey, Mike no then we'd end up doing like uh, fullback uh, premium and it would just get way out of hand. Got got to even it out. Fullback yeah. fullback slash kicker. Yeah yeah there you go I like it I like it yeah 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 so um all right so the next one I purposely left someone off because. First name that would come to our head is probably just about everybody's head, but to juke someone out of their shoes. Okay. Reggie Bush uh-huh. or Marshall Falk. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, give me Reggie Bush. I think Reggie Bush had had better hips. Marshall is, I mean, super great. You know, when he, he hits a hole, he's very decisive. He can read a blocking scheme. But if you give me one on one with a safety and open space. I think Reggie's making a miss more times than Falk is. See, and okay, I'm glad you said that because I think there are some like semantics here. Yeah. So I think Reggie was obviously faster, but Reggie's more likely to choose a path and run by somebody in that situation. Oh, could no. absolutely still juke them or like see their leverage and make a cut against them and be untouched, right? Yeah. But I think if like we're in a telephone booth, I'm taking Marshall Falk. Yeah, I don't know, man. There's been so many times that's, where that's a super tough one. Yeah, it's a really tough one. But if if you're telling me I need him to beat somebody one on one in open space, corner, safety, whoever it is, um, if I had to put money on it, right? I think my best odds are with Reggie Bush. Okay, okay. Hey, I can respect it. That's yeah. exactly what we're doing, right? So what else you got for me? There's going to be six names I'm throwing at you. Okay, so was, have you asked the question yet? No, I haven't. Okay, so you're going to no. give me six people. Six people. I need you to start two, bench two, and cut two. So start, right. bench, cut. And this yeah. is for fantasy? This is just regular old football. So this is looking at the tight end position. Tight ends. Tony, start- Tony Gonzalez. PG, okay. Rob Gronkowski. Gronk, yep. Jason Witten. 
Antonio Gates, Travis Kelsey, Jimmy Graham. Uh, and I wanted to split these up, but I, I couldn't. I didn't like a way that I could do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, do do I do I? What kind of offense do I run? <laughs> do I need them to block at all? Um, uh, okay, so I would say maybe it's just based on their skill set. So, like, if you think someone is the best receiver but a terrible blocker, does their receiving skills overtake some of the blocking skills of another guy? Okay, I think I think I got it. All right, so I'm gonna start with cut. Um, I'm cutting. I'm cutting Jimmy Graham and I'm cutting Jason Witten. Um, I think the other four guys are Hall of Famers, in my opinion, at the tight end position um, and and have way, let's say, more upside uh, with their athletic abilities um, and their size. Um, I'm benching. I will start real quick with I agree with the cuts. Okay. Um, I'm benching Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates, um, and I'm starting Gronk and Kelsey. I think, yeah, I mean, (laughs) Gonzalez and Gates were like that hybrid, like, so like Witten and and Graham and Graham was kind of like the first one of these kind of freak, crazy athletes at the tight end position that we've seen, kind of like that hybrid uh, guy that really couldn't block was basically a wide receiver. Um, Witten was like a classic, big, rumbling, tumbling great hands guy could run a nice out pattern or, or one that little hook, you know, little, was it Y left spider banana, you know, like Witten was really good yeah. at that. Um, and then, you know, Tony Gonzalez and Gates, like for their era, just, I mean, absolutely unbelievable, but you can't hate on the, the newer guys here, like Kelsey and Gronk that completely changed the way teams started to think about, uh, and the way colleges started to use tight ends and, and these bigger wide, re- basically like big wide receivers. Um, and both those guys can still block. Uh, you know, Gronk was a, was a grinder, man. I mean, you, we watched this guy too. And I was, we were talking about this the other day, um, but Gronk looks so unathletic when he's like run, like running and like trying to catch the ball. But then he just like somehow makes an athletic play, but he's looking the most unathletic. And he just kind of did it over and over and over again. So, yeah. So I'm I'm starting Gronk, starting Kelsey. I'm benching Gonzalez. I'm benching Gates, and I'm cutting Witten and Graham. All right. I think with this group, like the first on this list to really begin to revolutionize the tight end position is Sean Gonzalez. Yeah. And just up until him, for the most part, you know, especially being a beat, they weren't really any type of receiving threat. Right. I mean, they were like the Heath Millers of the world. Like, you're going to block, but you're going to catch a touchdown here because no one remembers that. Yeah. You know, but he was completely different. And to me, yeah, the big difference where as much as, you know, Gronk and Kelsey may not have been as much as maybe as natural receivers, Tony, by far better blockers. And it's not like they're behind them in receiving by much if they are at all. Yeah. So. All, right. all right. That was a good one. And you got anything else for Here me? Here we go. This this one's a threefer. We got a, we got four Ooh. left. All right. All right. This one's a threefer. A Goal three. line carry to win a game. 
Goal line carry, okay. So, so you're on like the two-yard line to win a game. Jerome Bettis, Eddie George, or Marshawn Lynch. I mean, We're even even, Marla, prime, even Marshawn Lynch's coach, even Marshawn Lynch's coach didn't have faith in him. Um, so it's hard. It's hard for me to have faith in Marshawn Lynch here too. Um, this is a tough one because I think all three guys would be good from there. But if I needed to get in, I, give me the mask, give me the bus, give me the guy with the with the dump truck, so to speak. Bringing that one back. Yeah, the guy with like a five yards or five carries for negative two yards and three touchdowns or something like that. He's got one of those. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, give me, give me, uh, give me the bus. For me, it'll always live in for me. I'm taking Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, I mean, look, I I think they're all three great options. Uh, I would, yeah, I would love to turn around at the two yard line and hand any of those guys. But if I have to have this touchdown, uh, give me Bettis. Okay. All right. All right. So we're going to kind of move to the college game here. Since I like college. On the football team with these same guys. Okay. Your favorite CMU offensive lineman. Okay. Eric Geichek. All right. Adam Keith or Drew Mormina. So Drew and I were in the same grade. I like Drew. Um, we did a lot of stuff together. Um, but the one of the funniest dudes I'd ever met is Eric Geichek. So I'd have to go with 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 Geichek. See, this one's super tough for me because I agree with you. Geichek was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Great dude. Adam Keith just kind of had that, like, everyone gravitated towards him. Part of it's because he was giant, but also mm-hmm. another Well, really he had a gravitational pull. It was, a, it was, a, it was literally, really yeah, yeah. Six eight, three hundred and thirty pounds. Yeah, yeah. He he literally. Um, then, I, I blitzed off the edge in practice one day, and he picked me up and threw me thirty yards, or almost to the sideline, um, like just. Whew. So I um, I, I, had, I had the uh, I had the turf burn to, to prove that one. But then the tough one for me is I didn't know more as well as those two guys, but when you and I were at that party store and Mormino was in the middle of it, yeah. power cleaning that thirty pack of beer. Yeah, no, that was it. Wasn't power clean. They were they were yeah single arm single arm power dumbbell single arm power cleans. Yeah, yeah, single yeah. single arm hang clean. The the dirty thirty of Bush Light. Um. So yeah, that was that was hilarious. But yeah, me me so me Mormino and Nudson used to hang out, and we all were in the same class. Okay, yeah, because him and Nudson were there. Like to me, that obviously boosts him up. But I would go with Keith, um, mainly because I knew him the best. But yeah, I don't know just. Something okay, so all this is going over everybody's heads, Mike. So let's get let's bring the people back in. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's totally fine. No, here's the thing: a decent chunk of these guys went to CMU, and they will absolutely know those names. Oh, all right, well, good. <clears throat> um, to make a game-winning walk-off field goal, okay. Adam Vinatieri yep. or Justin Tucker. Oh geez, um, Vinatieri's done it more, but gun to my head, I'm taking Tucker in his prime, right? I mean, we're talking I'm about taking Vinatieri for the exact reason you said because he's done it. He's done it more, but I, I don't know. And in more high pressure position. Yeah, um, you know, you know the the answer probably should be Vinatieri, but um, I'm just thinking that Tucker has just better 
kicking stats in general. So I'm going to go, you know, let's look this up. I think this would be really interesting. Pro football reference. Um, Which one do you want to look up? I'll look up the other. Uh, I'll, I'll do the one I picked. Okay. Well, my typing isn't too loud. Um, so I said Justin Tucker. All right. So career. All right. So let's just let's 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 do um, let's do fifth. Uh, uh, how many missed field goals? Okay. So how many attempted field goals does Vinatieri have from between forty to forty nine yards? If you scroll down, you'll see like their full career list. Forty to forty nine yards. 715. Vinatieri's kicked 715 field goals between 40 to 49 yards. I don't know if that's a scrolling correctly. It, it, it is, that's not definitely not right. That no, might be says, total. Dude, this, this can't be right because it says field goals made 45, field goals attempted 715. That's not right. And you it's, only, might... it's only under that. Do you want me to look it up since I have a computer in front of me and you're trying to use your phone? No, not at all. I'll send you a screenshot. Wait, do you want me to look it up is what I'm asking you so we can talk about it. Okay. No, actually, I think, no, that doesn't make sense either. So there's a break in all of these. Yeah, because you're, look, you're looking on your phone. Shouldn't matter. I look at football and baseball reference all the time. Uh, there's a reason why you're sucking this year, and I think it's because of your poor – uh, internet skills. Okay, so he's uh, well, okay. There's, so there's like an extra one on Vinatieri. So there's like his first year game. No, game Mike, started, Mike, you're okay. You're field goals made. The field goals made. The field goals made that you're looking at. This is 45. Is 50 plus. The one right next to it is his total field goals attempted his entire career. So you have to go over one, which is field goals attempted from 50, which is 72. Okay, so I have the stats in front them. of me. Go to the top, though. Like, look at the top. Zero to 19. Right under it, it's field goal attempted and field goal made. And it's one for one in 1996. But right next to it, there's no header except for field goal attempted. And it says number 10. It's No, it says 20 to 29 yards, 207, made 200. It's the phone. Yes, at the bottom. But I'm, yeah. I'm, there's something at the top that's not. No, there's Mike, an extra column. There is not. 100%. I'm sending it to you right now. No, it's on your phone, of course, mm -hmm. dipshit. But I'm saying that's why you got to look at it on a computer because the phone stuff doesn't always work right. All right, so here we go. Um, from 20 from twenty to 29 yards, uh, Justin Tucker is a perfect 97 for 97 in his career. Adam Vinatieri is 200, out 200 of two, for 211. For, out of 207 attempts. It's left. Attempt is first, make is second. Okay, then so the one on the right, it's for thirty to thirty-nine yards. So thirty dude, to no, thirty. I'm telling you. All right, I when know you what look you're at telling. The picture, dude, I'm looking at when it right now. You look at the picture later. Okay. Hit me up. No, that's fine. I, I know your app is is screwed. <laughs> okay, so thirty to thirty-nine yards, right? And uh, just uh, Justin Tucker, hundred and ten attempts. He's made hundred and seven, so he's missed three from thirty to thirty-nine yards in his career. Adam Vinatieri, or Vinatieri has attempted 211 and missed, uh, made 179. So he's missed 32 from that distance. Then you have from 40 to 49 yards, 
uh, Justin Tucker has attempted 118 and made 106. So 12 total he's missed from 40 to 49 yards. And from 40 to 49 yards for Adam Vinatieri, 215 attempts, he's made 165. So uh, what is that, 50 total he's missed from that range? Uh, and then if you look at 50-yard field goals, um, Justin Tucker is attempted 83, made 58, uh, and Vinatieri has attempted 72 and made 45. So they're very similar in that regard. Uh, what that shows me is that, you know, all of the kicks that he's kicked, 715 kicks, they only have 72 of them being 50 plus. Um, either the weather is horrible in New England uh, and wherever else he's played. Well, he's played in Indy forever towards the end of his career. Um, but they didn't trust him a lot from over 50. Uh, so for his career, Adam Venetieri has made 83.8% of his total field goals while Justin Tucker has made 90.2% of his total field goals. So I feel if I have a game on the line, I'm going, I'm playing the numbers, and I'm going to go with Justin Tucker. Here's where it becomes a moot point is Vinatieri never had to kick long ones because Tom left them in short field. And Justin Tucker's never going to have to cook a pressure one in the playoffs because Lamar Jackson sucks. Well, Adam Vinatieri played more years for Indy than he did New England. <laughs> So that I'm just saying, right, which is also crazy to think. Yeah. Um, and yeah, who was I mean, his quarterback most of those years? Well, I mean, it was 2006 to Peyton, 2019. Peyton so, Manning yeah. and Andrew Luck. Yeah. So that was pretty good. Uh, Vinatieri's best season, he had 93.9% uh, field goals made on, what was it? Uh, ooh, I don't put it here. Oh, there it is. On 33 attempts. And Tucker's is. Uh, 94.6% on 37 attempts. So, I don't know. Give me Tucker. You can take Venetieri. I think my kicker beats your kicker. All right. Hey, this should either be abolished or made even. Right? <laughs> That's right. Get rid Hold of them. Circle. All right. All right. So, last one of the evening. Last one. Here we go. All right. Got a jump ball in the end zone. Three seconds left. Down by four. Randy Moss or Calvin Johnson? Oh, Jesus. Uh, jump ball? Jump ball. This is tough, but I have to go Calvin Johnson. He's bigger. He's stronger. He's done it against more people. I mean, Randy Moss was good, and he can go up and moss people, but he's mossing one dude, maybe two. Calvin was triple teamed. I mean, he's the only wide receiver I've ever seen defended like it was a punt return, right? Where they'd walk two guys up on the line of scrimmage to try to stop him from getting off the football. And then as soon as he got off of those two, there were three more guys right there next to him trying to keep him from catching the ball. And it didn't freaking matter. That's all his career was, was Matt Stafford saying, I don't care. Throw it 50 yards up to Calvin Johnson. Right. So you give me that scenario. I'm taking Calvin every time. I agree with you. I think that if this is more of a yard ball, like, hey, dude, go deep. I'm chucking it. I might take Randy just because I think it's well, – we know Kelvin is fast, but I think Randy was faster, so he'd have a better chance to be I open. I don't know about yeah. that. I don't know. Kelvin was a freaking gazelle out there. Um, 
I don't know. I'm taking Calvin Johnson over Randy Moss. And it doesn't it, like when I say it, it doesn't sound right because you think of Randy Moss, just unbelievable, you know, catcher of the football. Like all he ever really did was catch touchdowns. I think him and Brady like broke that record. Um, but yeah, if I need to jump on an end zone, I'm, I'm going Calvin Johnson every time. It's kind of crazy. We're talking about Moss and somebody, but we're not taking Randy Moss. Yeah. Yeah. Calvin was that good. I think we're right. And there's a reason. Yeah, there's a reason why he's. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, right? Calvin, has he been inducted? Uh, yeah. yeah, that's what I, I thought. Believe so. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why he played. What was it, ten seasons, and is a Hall of Famer, and never really won anything with the Detroit Lions, but you know, still made it to the Hall. So, uh, yeah, I'll take Calvin. All right. Well, okay. that was fun. I like the who you got. So that's a that's a fun one. All right, guys. Um, I know that that last part was long, but I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was something different for you to listen to, uh, for Mike Come and I to, to We're go here with a bunch of and, and, and bicker a little bit. Uh, so yeah, made it extra long this week, so you had some more time to cut your grass for the last cut of the season before that stuff goes dormant. Uh, all right, everybody, uh, have a good week, stay healthy, uh, and uh, go Bijan Dijon's. Take care, fellas. Bye.